Hi there, I'm Melissa, a registered dietitian specialized in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and I'm here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can be the first in your family to break the diet cycle. I'm interested in helping you unlearn generational diet trauma so you can be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow on Instagram at nomoreguilt for more support between these episodes. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Amy, I'm so happy to have you here today. I was actually thinking before we started how we, quote, met. Like, I've always, I feel like you've always existed in the internet world to me. (laughs) Maybe I learned of you. We messaged at some time. This is our first time meeting in person. So I'm thrilled by that. I've become very aware of your work and your amazing presence and the perspective you give to the intuitive eating world. Would you introduce yourself to the listeners today? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Amy Rapone. I am a dietitian in Connecticut. I specialize in eating disorders and chronic dieting. Uh, and also uh, patient advocacy is also a really big, important part of my work. I uh, started Rad Love Nutrition at the end of 2020. I was working in an inpatient eating disorder unit at that time, which unfortunately closed and loved doing the work. So I decided I was going to jump out on my own, started an Instagram account and just kept on trucking. And here we are two years later. (laughs) I'm so glad you did. That's, that's right. I'm remembering now, I think we kind of launched into the Instagram world around the same time. And I remember we were coming from like hospital care and we were like, this is a crazy world. So yes, it is a big transition to become a quote, Instagram dietitian. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And so today I asked you to come on the pod because of some of the program you've done programming you've done in the past, you've, you've done book clubs for clients. And I love this idea of using reading and stories and just different ways of learning about body image work, intuitive eating and the fat experience. And so Mm -hmm. would you tell me a little bit about what brought you to develop a book club as a way of working with people on this intuitive eating and body image stuff? Sure. So I uh, had a very full bookshelf, as uh, you can see. I'm looking me. at it right now. It's, it's <laughs> yes. impressive. It's impressive. And I was never giving myself time to read them. And so last summer, I kind of decided, you know what, let's just do a summer book club. It sounds fun. Let's give it a try. Um, I had done different kind of book club with uh, Jen Radke of Fat Girl Book Club. And I was like, maybe I just extend this and kind of make it a group thing and build some great discussions with people. And so I kind of picked the first book was um, What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat by Aubrey Gordon. And was like, let's get some conversations around this book because that sounds like a really good one to start with. And so I'm a bit of a a nonfiction girl uh, for quite a long time. That's what most of my books are. And so that's kind of where we started. We did Belly of the Beast by Deshaun Harrison. And uh, it's it's grown into something really, really fun. And now we kind of alternate nonfiction and fiction and really get more of the fat experience. And it's it's been truly lovely. We do it seasonally. Love that. Yeah. And I think some of these titles people become aware of, but this is some heavy text sometimes. Like yes. we're dealing with some really heavy topics and sometimes some philosophies that we're not used to. And so that makes sense that you were craving someone both to hold you to like, let's get that reading going, number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to do Belly of the Beast audiobook. Um, I, I like audiobooks sometimes because it helps me to like mm-hmm. actually do it. 
or, or, or stick with it because it's hard to find that time. But yeah, then also digest and process and think through these things together must have been so valuable for people involved. Yeah, I think so. It, it has been for me and to just get everyone's perspective. And, you know, we have kind of a, a mix of professionals and non-professionals or just inspired individuals, as I like to call them, who um, just are kind of soaking up all of this information and learning how it can apply to them or learning about how it maybe applies to other people that they know. And really think about and talk about the hard things like white supremacy and fatness and gender and all of these things that maybe we hadn't thought about so intersectionally before like we think about all the things but when somebody ticks all the boxes then we have to kind of figure out you know what is that conversation going to be like and how can we hold space for their experience and living and so it gives us the opportunity to see things from another perspective yeah the identities aren't always separated so having a no. place to talk about how they intersect with each other and also i've heard this so many times in some of my groups like just hearing from another person with a different lived experience can kind of knock you in the gut put some perspective sure on your own story the similarities the differences and so i think it just gives such a unique a healing opportunity outside of that like classic what we'd call like cognitive behavioral work where what's mm -hmm. the behavior you want to do and how do we get there like that we need so much more experience to even make that work effective sometimes so for sure for so sure. so cool okay i'm interested though your transition from nonfiction to fiction in the book club i have learned that i like a fiction before bed i like to escape mm -hmm. in a story to lull me to sleep sure I like a nonfiction on a walk or a car ride to keep me company. Do you, so you're more of a nonfiction person. Do you have a time that you like to read or how do you like to read these different genres? What's your style, Amy? I can usually run two books at once. And okay. so I can usually run a fiction, especially during book club. If I'm doing a fiction, I can have a nonfiction in the background because otherwise I'll read the whole book and then I won't pace myself as we try to do in book club. And no right. spoilers is the goal. Right. Um, and so nonfiction, <laughs> though, it takes me a little bit longer to get through, which is great. And usually something I fall asleep to right before bed. Um, I am not somebody who in the craziness of my day with two little ones at home can focus on a book. I need to <laughs> find those minutes, those moments when I can. Usually it's in the evening. My husband is also a big reader, so we try to make reading co-occurring uh, task that we do together. Not task, that sounds probably... Does boring parenting sometimes it's a lot more fun than that like, <laughs> like i'm not a parent but watching y'all it does feel like task work sometimes you just gotta get it all done <laughs> it can it can we have our to-do lists that we do have to get through and yep. sometimes the fun things have to make their way on the to-do list okay, so that we still make time for them and so i wasn't really much of a fiction reader at all mm -hmm. until recently and i'm not even really sure what opened me up to it except for when Fat Chance Charlie Vega was the first uh, fiction book that we did in book club, it really sat on my shelf for a while. It was by somebody who was fairly local to us, kind of in southern Massachusetts. I'm in Connecticut. And so the story just kind of resonated with me. And once I read it, I was like, oh, my God, I love this. <laughs> and so Gosh. I kind of dug in and found some other options that I could find. I had some at my local library. And I am an indie bookstore freak. And so I just one of my local indie bookstores just had an influx of uh, stories. And so I've just kind of been collecting them over time now. 
and really enjoying them. You just gushed. What what about <laughs> that story made you gush like that? What was that like for you to read that fiction story? It was really cute. I'm kind of a team rom-com rom-com kind of girl anyway. Like anytime a Netflix thing comes up that's like Dash and Lily's like one of my favorites and uh I <laughs> just love it it's just i love love and so when that first love kind of comes up and i met my husband when i was a teenager so i'm sure that there's some (laughs) you know transference going on there a little bit and it was just so beautiful to see in that particular story how someone who felt unlovable was loved Mm -hmm. and i think that that's a some that's a story that so many people whether you're fat or not can relate to why is it important, though, to have that protagonist? Like, that story has been told in millions of ways over the millennia, but now we are seeing, maybe not enough, but more fat protagonists in stories. Julie Murphy as an author. There's others that are starting to really center fat stories. So why is it important that we actually have fat protagonists versus maybe not mentioning a body size at all? Why explicitly mention a fat protagonist? In our general media, whether we see us uh, fat women especially have been seen as the villain or the sidekick or never the one up front never the one seemed worthy of the prince charming or seeming worthy of having the story be about them like what is their perspective around the world and when we consider body size we do have to think about how our lives are different there's some things when we would read through book club where someone who was maybe not in a fat body goes i never thought about that was a way that you have i would never have thought about that before and that's why those stories are important because we need to understand each other's experiences in order to extend compassion sometimes in ways that we wouldn't have been able to before you know one of my bigger qualms with some of the Uh, fiction books that we have is that it doesn't really center the male experience either in men who are in larger bodies which is another reason why i love charlie vega because one of the love interests he's not you know the super hunky guy either which i understand wanting uh, the fat girl to fit into like the traditional trope of finding her fabio or whatever it may be in a romance novel but also understanding that it doesn't if it's not going to be the typical beauty standard for us Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be for the male protagonist or the male antagonist either. And I think that that's something we could still work on uh, t- quite a bit. But Fat Chance Charlie Vega really showed that other side where they could connect in that way. And that was really beautiful. Like already I'm watching your mind kind of think about <laughs> the different ways that this story could have been told. Like that's what's fun about book club. It kind of forces you sometimes to re-examine the story and play with it it's more of a hobby than just like let me distract myself with the book and get through this and it feels like a absolutely lets you be in the story a little more and i can see you doing that which is must be really cool as a facilitator to absolutely i i love making prompts like i send out prompts before each week that we have book club book clubs usually somewhere between four and six weeks and each week every friday i send out prompts for the following week about the chapters that we've read and i just love to see like did this relate to you? How could this have been different? Why do you think they reacted that way? It makes gets that like English teacher vibe in me <laughs> comes yeah. out a little bit that I always kind of wish I was going to be an English teacher at one point. And so it kind of fulfills that 
uh, vibe for me. Like you were literally meant for this and you can tell like the way, and that's what really got me like connected with this, this program. Like I can just see how much you love it and you're, you're very good at it. I'm getting some evidence of that. Um, (laughs) Okay. So here's something I'm curious about from your perspective, have there been times when stories get the fat experience wrong in some way or miss the mark? Have you had to deal with that in your groups where maybe it is reinforcing something we don't want to reinforce? Like, how do you manage that type of a thing in your groups or within yourself, your reading books? Sure. So for the most part, I've vetted the books pretty well so far. I feel like the ones that I've chosen have been either ones that I've read or had read significant reviews around and so I felt like it was it was a good vibe like it wasn't going to be too troublesome not to say that difficult conversations weren't on the table for especially the first two but when it comes to the books going forward I may not read them all (laughs) really may not have good reviews all the time and I think I find when I used I I remember reading oh what's her name Jennifer Weiner, uh, when I was younger and I would read a lot of her books and a lot of times she did have those perspectives from the one, like, I think good in bed was, was, had a fat protagonist, but we didn't call it that then. And, you know, we didn't have the room open for being able to just accept our body as it is in that moment, you know, reading one of her newer books, big summer really different narrative going on there and really taking on that more fat or body positive piece. But I think in the fiction in particular, because we're not analyzing the science or social science of it all, and we're really just looking at the story as it were, and no one's going to be perfect and understanding that, yeah, this thought is still going to come up for certain people who, even if they feel like pro body positive, everything, like specifically some sort of judgment or criticism of, of a fat body, like that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 That or just themselves, mm-hmm. you know, if when they're talking about themselves, they may still wish that, you know, I could fit into this, this other trope that isn't, mm-hmm. isn't quite showing up. A spoiler alert by Olivia Dade is one um, we haven't done in book club before. Wait, the book uh, is another spoiler alert. You're not giving a book. Spoiler. I'm not giving a spoiler. That <laughs> is like, the name of the oh, book. Oh, we'll have to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> the book um, is spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and she's pretty confident in being in a larger body. That part is not an issue for her. However, there of course are going to be some times when she's feeling vulnerable about being in that body in in larger crowds in that particular book or being put out in public makes it a little bit trickier in different situations. And so we kind of see how the characters navigate that and that can help with our own growth as well. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it sounds real. I don't have a client in a larger body that doesn't have to, that's the deal. You have to negotiate Absolutely. That in the world. So yeah, in a way it's kind of a nice thing that the complexities portrayed i don't know how we dismantle and change that without looking at it first so sure in a way that feels palatable to people because stories are accessible Mm -hmm. i don't mean palatable i mean accessible like stories are accessible to people um and then suddenly they're thinking things that maybe they hadn't allowed themselves to before they maybe Mm -hmm. put away and so 
in the book club, do you have that ever have that moment where you're sitting there? Cause you're also a nutrition therapist and a registered dietitian. Do you ever have like, how do you keep your, your hats on straight? Cause I think I would start being like, tell me more about that. Like yeah. <laughs> go into like dietitian mode when people start having these insights. <laughs> sure. So a lot of the people who, um, who come have already done a lot of their own work. So okay. I think that they, they can separate it pretty well themselves. And we leave open, you know, people can share to whatever degree as long as we're not like trauma dumping, which hasn't been an issue by any means before. But it's a space to kind of share each other's experiences as they come up. I let the group do that. I don't need to interject because I can come at it from my own personal experience and be me as a person and not necessarily the dietitian because we're not always talking about food in that way. I think maybe decolonizing wellness was maybe one of the only ones that had food food be a big piece to that like that but even then it was personal experience more because that lived experience is the big part of book club more so than than me being the i can be a facilitator without being that professional quote unquote absolutely absolutely uh, it sounds like that knowing that also helps you to experience your love of books as well you know with with other people yeah it's really rewarding for you yeah yeah it's nice to be able to not be in a vacuum when consuming these books because of having the other's perspectives and because i'll be the first one to say that if somebody else says something i didn't think about i go wow they're awesome (laughs) that's so so true yes and so we just kind of celebrate that and we have a lot of fun you know laughing and you know, taking time to have seriousness for uh, each other's experiences too. So it's, it's really it's fun. In that way. I think this decade of life is just so hard. You know, even if you have a strong friend group, everybody has gone a million different directions, people move away and having these kind of connections where you can bond and chat and, you know, yeah. some real life stuff, but also learn it is, it's such a treat. I think we all miss some of those experiences in our life when it was easier to get when you were in your twenties and, So I bet that's a real treat for everybody who's there. Yeah. And I think some of these conversations are ones that some certain people have been wanting to have, but don't have the people around them to be able to have these conversations yet. They just don't have the language. And so when they can learn the language through book club, then they're able to take that language into the fiction books or into their life. When we do the nonfiction stuff, we do a little bit more like education learning there. And then we can apply that in the other ways and into our day to day when we try to communicate these things that we've learned to other people. We have those words, we've practiced talking about right. it already, and it really helps navigate those conversations. Yeah book club first but wow all these weird other side benefits that start happening like (laughs) absolutely practice with the language many people fear that i don't know how to explain this worldview to other people i don't have anyone else to talk to so that's a good point that Mm -hmm. that's like a little little practice ground for folks too were you always a reader if i met you when we were like 10 would you have been nose in a book How, how were you as a kid with books i was not that i think as I've come to realize getting older, a bit of a a ADHD kid, I didn't realize when I was little. And so writing was really more of my perspective. I was a Backstreet Boy fanfic writer back in the day in middle school. I wrote them in my brain. I had like a fantasy that Nick Carter's tour bus would 
like break down in front of my house and I would be, like I'm not kidding you Amy like I actually recently had this memory I'm like oh my god <laughs> oh, yeah. they, they were tantalizing gentlemen oh yeah <laughs> and I had notebooks just filled 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 I would have been uh, your number one I would have been the fan fiction like purchaser I wish we could know <laughs> each other you could have sold me your books I, I would have I would have <laughs> I put like all my friends in them, like everybody had a role to play and it was I wild. I for that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then I became a poet uh, in my high school years. That was kind of more of my, my jam and Amazing. thought of myself as a novelist at one point. And so I went a lot through the writing gigs <laughs> for, for a very long time. Really until more recently, my, my husband and I read comics. And so that was, you know, something that we that really got me back into reading a little bit more. And then he kind of expanded back into novels. When I got into this work, there's just so many books and so many things to learn about. I just picked up everything that I could possibly find and um, just never stopped. And so I, my, my, as, as I said before, my bookshelf just continued to grow. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that it's continued to grow and evolve over time as well. That's encouraging for people to hear, I think. Like, if you've never really been a reader, you're not sure if it's for you, we can all change. It's You were just open to what you liked. You just kept yeah. following, pulling that thread and yeah. wound up on something you enjoy. And it's different when it's something you want to read versus something <laughs> you're being told to read. I know Very I think different. that sometimes like how many books I was assigned that nowadays I'd be like interesting but at yeah. the time I was like do not try to make me read this and absolutely. I absolutely you know, spark notes bypassing or something <laughs> like um you know I guess one more question I would have about this thinking about newer readers or folks like yourself with kids and demanding lives you know so I think it's intimidating to pick up a book we have a lot of perfectionism in ourselves sometimes where like it sure. started I have to finish it other people are going to read faster than me what if I don't have this like profound insight in the group what would you say to someone who has some of those real fears about keeping up with the reading or sharing their thoughts in public what would you say to somebody who's newer to it given that you've rediscovered your love of books again more recently a few different things like you had mentioned earlier I do have uh, a few people who use the audiobook version uh, in book club too, which sometimes it's harder to maneuver the page numbers and chapters, um, but we, we figure it out as we go. And so if that's how you consume media, that still makes you a reader. That doesn't exclude you from being a reader. So that's far more accessible for a lot of people. Number one. Number two, in book club, I never call on people. You're welcome to just kind of sit back and listen and observe until you start to feel comfortable. Yeah. I'll never shut up sometimes. So I'll, <laughs> I like when other people jump in and cut me off. That's kind of one of my favorite things, but also I don't expect people to, I'll keep the conversation going until you something kind of goes, oh, oh too much, probably <laughs> too much, probably. But you know, when people feel like, oh, okay, that, that struck a nerve with me. I'd like to share a little something about it. And then, you know, it just kind of helps them blossom and grow, which is beautiful. And we also pace our reading in book club. So like I said, it takes over, you know, four to six weeks, depending on the length of the book. Sometimes the we I found that the fiction buns, we do a little bit shorter just because people can't put the book down. And so we have people who like finish it by week two. And I'm like, slow your roll a little bit. We're not talking about that yet. We don't want any spoilers. And so I, I really try to split it up so that it's paced. We're not giving you too much to read all in one week so that it doesn't feel overwhelming because I mean, there's been books on this shelf that either I haven't finished or have just 
it's been a slow burn <laughs> for a long time that I'll pick up and I'll put down and I'll pick up and I'll put down, but it doesn't mean you're not taking it in. You know, each, each little nugget is still valuable information. And it's also okay. If you don't like a book, you can just stop reading it. You have At full permission time. to do that. Someone <laughs> anytime. Gave me advice once, like if you ever don't like a movie or a book, you have permission to stop. Can I tell you, I didn't even yes. think of that, Amy. I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm allowed to do that. Okay. Mm -hmm transformative advice so yes. hot tip. challenging that completionist bone in our body sometimes is hard yeah so that's really nice to know like you can read some and still get benefit you can be around the story and get benefit you don't have to you know be a perfect reader or a fast reader it's all good oh no absolutely and because everybody everybody's gonna come at it different and like i said being a mom you know sometimes i'm I tend to go through it a couple times, you know, before the session, just because I want to make sure I'm knowing know what I'm talking about before each session. But certainly there's been times where I'm like, okay, I'm reading it through twice today because I just didn't, I didn't get to it earlier in this week. And uh, I usually have to force myself. That's why I put the prompts on Friday. So I have to read it my first go around by Friday so I can know enough to make prompts and then read it again once more before the weekend. Um, and so you fit in how you can fit it in little bits here and there break it up for yourself and uh you know and if you don't finish it it's not a big deal either we don't we don't go oh, you didn't read it this week how dare you you know you can still participate in the discussion usually we're you know we might bring in some things so if you don't want spoilers that might be tricky but for the most part you're still able to jump into the conversation in some way if you lovely, desire honestly it sounds lovely. yes it's a nice vibe yeah what we're gonna end on this because I'm just curious. I trust your sure. opinion now. Now that I've gotten a sense of how you think, your favorite <laughs> book featuring fat folks. What would you say is your favorite current read? So Fat Chance Charlie Vega. It's a um, it's a YA novel, so it's not real juicy romance by any means. But it truly, I was grateful that that was one of the first ones that I read to start like, with. I like my little hairs are standing up. You just look so moved by the story. It's good. It's, it's really good. It's by uh, Crystal Maldonado. She's absolutely fabulous. She has another book too that came out called No Filter and Other Lies. And I have a friend who's in book club. She's my kind of my business bestie. And she'll Marco Polo me and we go back and forth and just go be like, oh, can you believe that happened? <laughs> and we, we don't really get into the discussion too much because yeah. I hope save it for book club. But it's just, it's really fun to just be like, oh, oh and just back and forth at each other about what's going on in the story totally. i really loved the accidental pinup by danielle jackson that's another one that just came up recently about a photographer uh who has a best friend who has a uh plus size lingerie line and goings on of that one it was, was really fun read i enjoyed a lot but there's tons of other great authors olivia dade that i had mentioned earlier i mean She's got quite a few books out there now, so she's definitely one to pick up. Uh, Jennifer Weiner, Big Summer, I highly recommend. Julie Murphy, like you had mentioned, fabulous. We just did one of her books uh, in the last book club, If the Shoe Fits, is a good one. And I'm reading one right now called The Makeup Test by Jenny Howe. And she, I, I didn't know much about the book until I picked it up. It was one of those ones I found at the bookstore. Okay. And then I read the first uh, couple pages was why she felt like writing about a fat protagonist as a fat woman was so important. And I was like, okay, I'm um, in, let's go for it. <laughs> yes. And so that's one to pick up too. I don't know about the story. I'm still working on the story right okay, now. So but... You give that a midway through looking good vibes. Yeah. But looking good so far.
Um, if I can, I'm going to put the link to some of these books in show notes if, if people want to find them. Absolutely. Because I, I, you're right. It's just, it's super important that these stories get out. All people of all bodies need to be hearing them and thinking about them. I think it's important internal work as well as just fun and joyful yeah. and different. And that's always a good thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. Um, where when is your next book club like when is it so happening? next book club is opening uh the doors are opening on monday um october not august anymore october 3rd uh, we're going to be starting up on tuesday nights eight o'clock eastern first night will be october 18th for six weeks and so if you're able to i so often we'll record if people aren't able to make a night or two i know sometimes the fall can be nice. a very busy time of year but you know if you can make it awesome if you can't that's also fine too we'll make it work uh we'll just have you come back next time and um i do uh, equity pricing on our book clubs so we have a general rate of 30 dollars 40 dollars if you want to pay it forward and a 15 dollar rate for uh, equity pricing if anyone feels like that's something that they need um, i'm just happy to have you amazing so where can we find out more about the book club where should i send folks Sure. So uh, you can go to www.radlovenutrition.com. I'll make sure the links are for the show notes as well for the direct link. And then uh, you're also welcome to jump into my newsletter from the same page and uh, sign up from there. I always like to let my newsletter people know what's coming up first before everybody yes, else. That would be a great idea. Get on the newsletter because if this one won't work out, it sounds like you hope to do more in the future. Um, absolutely we do it every season and i don't feel like i'm gonna be stopping anytime soon not, so. not now that you got these english teacher vibes like she's <laughs> she's stepping into her english teacher role and there's no stopping amy at this I'm point loving it <laughs> loving it you also accept clients is that right are you i do um nice. yep i work with people uh one-on-one -on -one right now uh, especially for eating disorder work for folks who are in connecticut um or any other you know, weight neutral medical issue you're trying to work through. And then I also do body image coaching and patient advocacy work. Uh, if that's something that you're interested in too, you can find more also at radlovenutrition.com. Amazing. Highly recommend Amy. I am just so like delighted. I'm telling you, I really do. I have like crushes on all of my fellow dietitians. I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait to meet them on the podcast. You are one of them. I'm so happy we could spend this time together love thank the work for having me reading is an interest of mine so i just i really loved your perspective today thank you thank you so much all right we'll see everybody at the book club yes please see you there <laughs> i am hoping that lucy does not bark and interrupt this little time we have together right now she has been very vocal today so we'll see how it goes Many of you with dogs out there know it's anyone's guess when the bark's going to come in, usually at the most inappropriate time. I am adding to our interview with Amy, which was so, so fun to do. Love books. I've been on a little, a wee book journey myself lately. But I actually want to talk about learning and why what Amy's offering is really, really important. You know, when we think about anti-diet work, I see it covering these two aspects for you. One is your relationship to food and downstream your nutrition because you can't have positive solid nutrition without a healthy relationship to food. And the other bucket or area you learn as you work on anti-diet stuff is body image. 
So many clients when they come to me say, I have stacks of books or materials that I'm just not using. And while book clubs like Amy's don't necessarily get into the nitty gritty of the nutrition, they can really help you with that learning about body image. Doing counseling or therapy is just one way for you to work on unlearning all the things and the messages you've heard about your body over the years. So maybe it's not a book club, or maybe it is. Open up your mind to different ways to expose yourself to these ideas and material. It doesn't matter how you do it. If it's fun and you like it and you just get started, you will improve your relationship to yourself. And I hope this episode inspired you to think like that. Think like a learner. Don't see this as something shameful or overwhelming. See it as something you can break down small and learn. And that's my whole jam is helping you to focus on the aspects of this work that are most relevant and important to you. So you'll just get started already without guilt, without shame. We're leaving that behind. And hopefully with all this diet and body image stuff in the past, you can move on to the good stuff, the fun stuff. For me, that is watching Hocus Pocus 2 this evening. I'm very excited to return back. It takes place in Salem, Massachusetts, which is nearby uh, me in Boston. I actually got married in Salem, Massachusetts at a hotel called the Hawthorne Hotel, and it was rumored to be haunted by ghosts. Now, I am a very, as you can tell, excitable person, so I didn't love that detail about our wedding venue, but otherwise lovely place. So I'm excited to return back there through that story of Hocus Pocus. Those of you who grew up in the 90s are also probably <laughs> doing the same thing. We'll have to trade notes on how we thought they did with this, what is it? It's been 20 or 30 years? <laughs> the sequel, it took so long. All right, my friends, as always, just get started. This big scary work can be a lot less scary if you break it down small, you focus, and you take it one step at a time. And I'm just so grateful you do that here with us each week on Break the Diet Cycle podcast. I have left in show notes everything you need to follow up on Amy's invitation to the book club. There's free guides and resources and information about coaching if you're ready for something like that. Until next time, be good to your good body. Okay, you waited until we were done. Nice job, Liz.